P. Ryan is in. One timeout for Cincinnati. And going deep into the end zone and caught by Chase. Oh, my goodness, what a crab. 34-yard touchdown throw. Burrow back to throw. Fires deep down the yeah. sideline. Chase wide oh, open. Oh, oh. Touchdown. Man. Bengals. Unreal. Hello and welcome to episode 179 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. We're back and indeed football is back because tomorrow, Friday the 12th of August, the Cincinnati Bengals take on the Arizona Cardinals live from Paycor Stadium. And uh, well, this is it. This is what we've been waiting months and months and months for. We're finally back in the saddle. We're back on the roller coaster, although pre-season. It's not really a roller coaster. It's more of a, I don't know, Dodgers, would you say, Nathan Palmer? More of a merry-go-round rather than a roller coaster just yet? I think it's like the water, water rapids right. a bit. You know, it's like they're always quite good, the water rapids, but they're never really like enough. You need a bit more of a rush than that, but they're quite, you know, the, the kids enjoy them, you know, the, the neutral enjoys them, but they're nothing that special, are they? No, no, but just eases you. You go on that to just ease exactly. yourself into uh, the big rides, the big bad boys. And, exactly. Uh, Gets uh, you ready for the log flume. It does, it does, it does. Anyway, how are you, Nathan? Uh, all good? Yeah, I'm all right, son. Yeah, just um, just enjoying the summer. Beautiful weather we're having here at the moment. Sort of bordering on a bit too hot, but it's not bad, is it? I'm off to Italy this weekend to see a football game, a, a nice. soccer game to our American listeners. But yeah, I can't complain. How about you, my son? You you ticking over nicely? Yeah, ticking over, enjoying the weather. Um, I think it's going to get quite hot um, this weekend. Again, American uh, listeners will laugh at us for complaining about the weather. Uh, but I, I managed to go get stuck into the Commonwealth Games last week, which was uh, which is great actually. I'm mean, no with that, you know, easy to be cynical about it all. But I have to say, I had a great time um, up in Birmingham, and uh, it's uh, you know Birmingham gets a bad rap really. It's often in the shadow of Manchester and other places, but Birmingham is our second city, and it was. And it was great. It was really, really great. The atmosphere around the city was great. I went to see some beach volleyball, which was incredible. Nice. Uh, I have to say. And uh, also some hockey, which was also incredible, but in a different way. A quieter, more low-key way. And then on Sunday, uh, the men's uh, road race, cycling road race, was held around three miles away from my door. So I went to go and see Mark Cavendish and Geraint Thomas, uh, uh, do their thing so that was uh really cool uh nice. was, i was all a bit sad when it ended really because everyone was sort of sitting out in the sun in town centers in parks with big screens up and uh and if our american listeners don't really um know what the commonwealth games is it's got a slightly sketchy political past i have to say but it's a bit like a thrift store olympics <laughs> It happens for you know it happens uh, once every four years in different countries around the Commonwealth. Go and Google Commonwealth. I can't be asked to explain it. Um, and this time it was in Birmingham, and there was athletics, and there was weightlifting, and there was judo, and there was uh, badminton, there was table tennis, there was diving, swimming, uh, gymnastics, 
obviously beach volleyball, obviously hockey, obviously cycling. So it's a multi-sport extravaganza. And I'm really pleased that I, I experienced some of it. Because do you remember when the Olympics happened in London, which co- con- uh, coincidentally is 10 uh, years ago, almost to the day. And um, uh, do you remember when uh, the, the Olympics was in London? Can you remember that far back? Yeah, I, do. I can indeed, yeah. Now, I was quite cynical about it because I thought, oh, no, the, the town's going to be absolutely packed with people and tourists. It's going to be a nightmare. But actually, the atmosphere around the town was absolutely brilliant. I always regret not getting tickets to some of the events and at, at the Olympic Stadium, you know. Uh, but that was a fabulous few weeks in, in the capital, I remember. And everyone was in such a good mood. And the summer, you know, the sun was out all pretty much every day. It was lovely weather. And, uh, yeah, good times they were. So I was determined. I told a few family members, it's like, how often do you get these sporting events on your doorsteps? Like, it's never been in Birmingham before, and it probably won't again in my lifetime. So, you know, I took my nephew, my 10-year-old, 11-year-old nephew, uh, to, for him to experience it all. My brother came along, it was, and some friends came up as well. And, yeah, it was a really good couple of three days enjoying the sports a very civilised, uh, nice little week for you there, my son. Of all the sports you saw, which one could you see yourself? If you had to rebrand yourself, take back the years of it, where would you say Paul Irons would fit into the Commonwealth Games? You're more of a hockey man, but weightlifting possibly, maybe a bit of badminton I could see you, like, you know, maybe I don't know. <laughs> Definitely beach volleyball, I think. <laughs> Definitely. I fancy parading him around in my super skimpy uh, budgie smugglers uh diving around in the sand um so yeah maybe beach volleyball but you know I'm a, i used to be a keen cyclist so uh, i quite fancy the cycling but yeah these days i think it's either more wrestling or uh or judo or weightlifting i think um uh, and no doubt you'll confirm that i'd be perfect for the wrestling but um, <laughs> what about you? What would Nathan Palmer compete for? Well, um, I think volleyball I quite enjoy, a bit of badminton, yeah. something table table tennis. I'm a bit of yeah. a mean table tennis player. I'd love to play a bit of that. They play table tennis at the Commonwealth they Games? They do, they do, they do. Oh, yeah, too, I'd, yeah, I'd fancy myself at a bit of that, I think. Yeah. Anyway, that's never going to happen. No offence, Nathan, uh, but I know it's never going to happen for me. Sadly, those days have passed, so I have to concentrate on the Cincinnati Bengals, which is fine because uh, that's who I like. And uh, I can't wait for... Well, I can't wait to see... Uh, pre-season is, as we've alluded to already, pre-season is a bit of a different uh, different gravy to your regular season, as uh, you know, it always is, isn't it? It's They're friendly games, as we call them over here. Um but yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. There's lots of intrigue. I'm looking forward to seeing lots of players that I've not seen much of. Um, so yeah, bring it on, man! Really bring it on. I should mention uh, we sh- we do have a special guest, and that's Ben Baby from ESPN. Always love having Ben on. He's going to give us the latest from training camp. Who's looking good? Who needs to do some work? Who's caught his eye? And um, he's looking uh, a bit sparkling, Ben Baby, at the moment. I've seen a few pictures is. of him knocking about a training camp in some he fancy is. clobber. He, you know, he's looking. And we do, pretty, we, pretty do we do talk about that the, the do's and don'ts for training camp clobber and uh, <laughs> what to wear at training camp, turning into a fashion show. Uh, speaking of fashion, 
you've just told me a rumour that's appeared on Twitter, haven't you? I have, yeah. Just before we came online, there was some odds that come up of <laughs> who is the next person that's most likely to be dating Kim Kardashian. There's, you know, a couple of the sort of big uh, A-lister names on there. Knocked in amongst them at fourth or fifth favourite, Chris Evans... And not any old Chris Evans, our Chris Evans from the Cincinnati Bengals. Did it say? Thin. Because there are yeah, a few Chris Evans. Thin. And then, yeah, it says Chris Evans in brackets, sin. And then he's reposted it with the eye, you know, the sort of sneaky oh, okay. eye symbol. Well, yeah. Naughty fella. So I don't know what he's up to, the geezer. Did you see that interview with Tyler Borg, Jamar Chase and T Higgins on this podcast with Ryan Clark? Sorry, I can't remember what it's called, but you must go and watch it. It's really great. But uh, Tyler Boyd addressed those uh, rumours about him having a bit of a ding-dong with the, the young lady model that was on, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel's chat show before the Super Bowl. And did you hear about that? Did you, do you remember that? No, I didn't know. There's a young woman whose name, again, I can't remember. But she said she's got a few different guys in different countries that she, um, how should I say this, diplomatically, that she goes and spends some time with, shall we say. And Tyler Boyd was one of those men. And he addressed uh, the uh, the uh, the subject in the podcast. And he didn't, certainly didn't deny it. He kind of confirmed that was the case. He was like, yeah, so what? I had a great time. Uh, which is exactly uh, as as it should be. Um, so, yeah, uh, mixing with top flight... Mo- of course, everyone wants a piece of the Bengals these days, don't they? Quite literally in this case, by the sounds of it. So go on, Chris. Go on. Go on. He's a young lad as well. Like, Kim Kay's quite a bit older than him. He's 24, the geezer. Yeah, she, she, I think the the guy that was Pete Davison that... Uh, that she would, that she just split up with was in his twenties as well. So she likes a younger gentleman uh, who doesn't, you know. But um, um, can you imagine though, Kim Kardashian in Cincinnati? Can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the Bengals, like you said, everyone wants a piece of them. And I'll tell you what, if Kim Kardashian came to the jungle, I think that'd be that Beyonce in a Carson Palmer shirt, and then we've got Kim Kardashian being linked with one of our you know, second or third string running backs. So. All fun and games, my son. Oh, man. She'll be having a chilli at uh, Camp Washington, a skyline chilli at Camp Washington. She'll be sinking a few beers down at the Holy Grail. Do you know what I mean? It can it can happen. Rubbing shoulders with Mike Brown, her and Mike Brown on the golf cart. Exactly. Yeah, you know, having exactly. a little drive around practice. You know, I'm sure they've got a lot in common, the two of them. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, the, the, the prospects are just tantalising, aren't they, really? I mean, it could be a bit of a sideshow, <laughs> but uh, interesting. And, of course, Chris Evans will be someone we'll be watching during pre-season. It's a big pre-season for Chris Evans, who showed... A lot of uh, a lot of promise last year, and I think he is uh, in line to challenge Samaj Pirine as the the number two back. Perhaps, what do you think? Oh, absolutely! I think you know he, he's coming into um, his second year. He had some flashes last year. He got involved a bit. He's quite a sort of sprightly young back, isn't he? Moves quickly. He's quite agile. Um, P runs a bit more of a bruiser. So that's a, one of those camp battles that the preseason's about. Running backs in the preseason do get a lot of the workload as well. There's always it feels like a story every preseason of a running back that has a big game, rips off 120 yards, and that tends to what you know what the preseason's about. It's not really a an air it out three four hundred yard job, big plays downfield. There's a 
lot of running running plays the line trying to get you know all those schemes dialed up and stuff so good opportunity for chris you know that certainly get some snaps i'd be interested to see what he's got and maybe be running with a bit more uh, a bit of a kick up his ass with kim k watching and all that all that going on so maybe you have a little spring in his step the geezer who wouldn't with uh, kim k on on their arm right uh, <laughs> sorry my mind was uh, was uh, was something we'd we'll be debating on this podcast tonight but... that's right would you <laughs> listeners if you had the chance would you go out with Kim Kardashian um, that's what I'm asking that's the big that's the big question of the week um, right so um, who else are you looking forward to seeing tomorrow I think you've got to say Daxton Hill, haven't you? These are the glossy, shiny young lad that you want to see what he's got, especially with this Jesse Bates situation rolling on. Uh, I think he's going to be someone to to watch and see what he's got. The guy we had on the podcast last week, Cam Taylor Britt, another guy that you want to see a bit of. Um, I'm sure he'll get some reps. And again, it's exciting to see those young lads um, see some real action, see some live football. So I'm excited to see the two of them. Um, I'm excited. That sounds very silly. I'm quite interested to see Brandon Allen. Um, mm. I mean, we always hope that Joe Boy is absolutely fine and he can do what he wants, but it'll be interesting to see how he performs. Is he at the required level for a backup quarterback? Is he someone that we th- uh, you know, we feel we could rely on if Joe Boy went down for a couple of games, let's say? Um, I'm not sure necessarily the preseason is always the best, you know, the, the standard that you're going to get, certainly when it comes to a regular season games, it'll probably, you know, flatter him a bit. But again, it's another chance for those quarterbacks that don't get a lot of playing time in the regular season um, to showcase that. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see what he's got. If he's developed, you know, it's been a while since we've really seen much of him, thankfully. Um but yeah, I'm interested in him. But what about you, my son? You got any insight? Any yeah, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, Leo Collins is back. Alex Kappa is back, so that's great. Uh, Burrow's on his way back. He's been on the training field and all the rest of it, so that's good. He'll he'll be easing his way back in. He's been throwing a little bit this week. Um, um so we're not going to see. I don't think we'll see Collins and Kappa. We probably. I don't know whether we'll see Karras, but uh, Lamont Gaylard has been getting a lot of snaps. Uh, solid handle. It is a solid handle. Uh, across that line. So we'll see Jackson Carmen. We'll see Hakeem Adenergy. We'll see Isaiah Prince again. Uh, we'll see Deontay Smith. We'll see Trey Hill. And we'll see Lamont uh, Gaylord, uh, you know, a lot during this preseason, I think. I think they'll want to wrap up Collins and Kappa and Karras in, in Cotton Wool and Jonah Williams as well. Uh, you look yep. at how Trey Hendrickson's been performing in training camp. I know. I, sensational and in fact this is the thing that i've seen again i mentioned this to ben it's difficult for us you only see clips don't you really um but it's been interesting the big players from last year your jamar chases your trey hendrickson your tyler boyds etc etc and cheeto cheeto have all thank you have have all upped their play another level especially chase he looks sensational i mean you look at Compare this this year's camp to last year when he was dropping a lot of balls and we were in dis- people were discussing, including us. Oh my goodness, have he, has he lost his touch? Has he lost his mojo? What's going on? Of course, we didn't yeah. have to worry, thankfully. But this year in camp, he looks like a million dollars. You know what I mean? Uh, and all those big Sca- players. Scary prospect good. if he can take a step forward, isn't it? Because he was fantastic last year. I mean, he did have a couple of drops and he was 
there's a couple of plays last year during the regular season that he'd want back. But certainly towards the, you know, the middle to the end of the season, he, I mean, even at the start of the season, he was just absolute game changer. And to yeah. think that he'll have a proper year's experience under his belt and can learn from that. And we'll obviously have a stronger offensive line, a Joe Boy a bit more time to find him downfield. I mean, it is very frightening isn't it? if he can stay healthy and yeah. live up to the, the standard that he's setting in camp. Yeah. Um, but just to go back to, I'm, I'm actually interested in the defensive line. Um, obviously we know what we've got with Hubbard, who I thought actually was terrific last, uh, last year. Uh, sort of goes under the radar a bit because he's not that much of a flashy player, but I thought he was great. Again, especially uh, in the running, you know, I thought he was really great. Um, you know what we're getting from Hendrickson, know what we're getting from DJ Reader. So I'm looking to see what Tyler Shelvin's got this year. Uh, again, he flashed a little bit towards the end of the year, he was starting to work things out. And then you've got players that we haven't really seen yet. We haven't really seen White Hubert. He was injured all last year. We haven't seen Joseph Osai exact for the same exact reasons. You've been hearing uh, really good things about rookie defensive end Jeffrey Gunther uh, in in training camp as well. So it'd be fun to see him. Um, and I'm also intrigued to see Zach Carter, the rookie kind of mm. defensive end. Three tech, whatever you you know, they'll 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 swap him in and out of that. But yeah, again, there's a guy that's getting some good, uh, good reviews from training camp, and that's certainly you know a position that we need him to step up in. This three technique, this person who can get some pressure from the inside. So I, I I'm looking forward to the defensive line. Actually, I must say, I think that's going to be uh, a fun watch. One battle we haven't talked about, a fierce battle, son, yeah. with it's almost like a sort of, you know, an old veteran with his yeah. armour on fighting a young, up and coming, sort of exciting young man in the form of Drew Chrysler going up against Kevin Huber. Um, that's a battle that will be interesting in the preseason, potentially a hard one to judge, but it's certainly going to be an interesting one to see if Kev can fight the young man off um it's a hard one because obviously we love kevin Huber. we met kevin huber he's been the longest serving player on this team now for a long time great guy great player um but drew christman looked good he looks you know obviously all those um viral videos of him um knocking things over and all sorts with with the ball you know drilled up some intrigue he seems like a lovely bloke in interviews and he seems like he's got some potential so that's another battle that'll be interesting um to monitor through the preseason and camp and see who who does come out on top there uh yeah i know i agree i mean kev has been numero hubero hasn't he for a while and um yeah that's going to be really interesting my my heart says kev I'm not quite sure what my head says at the moment. Um, I mean, it's, it's the job is there for winning. And I think, you know, whatever happens, I think Kev will take it quite gracefully, you know, if, if he does lose out, you know. Um, Do you think he retired? Do you think he'd go to another yeah, team? I, hmm. Well, he's a Cincinnati lad, so I, I'd be surprised if he, if he does go to another team, I think. What is he now, mid to late 30s? So, you know, he's getting there anyway. Um, but One yeah. of the few players on the team that is still older than me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting, that little battle. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, some offensive lines, some uh, 
some other bits and pieces. But shall we bring in Ben Baby now, and he can tell us who he's got his eye on, and uh, tell us who's looked good in training camp. Let's do it. Joining us now is ESPN's Ben Baby, one of our favourite guests. Ben, welcome back to the podcast. It's good to see you as ever. Yeah, it's good. Good to be here. I, uh, I'm keeping up with a lot of sports going on. Obviously, we got the F1 break. We got the EPL uh, back off. I'm trying to catch a little bit of the hundred this year. Uh, see if I can get into that a little bit. But in the meantime, we've got NFL training camp to hold us over. So it's a, it's a busy time of sports, which is good. Uh, before we get to training camp, um, uh, you mentioned uh, if, if if newer listeners don't know, Ben is an anglophile. I think I think it's fair to say. Yeah, that's correct. When it, when it comes to sports, um, as well as American sports, obviously he's an expert. But you love uh, kind of, I guess you know you're you're from Indian stock, Indian background. You you know you, that's where your roots are. So you love cricket, and we we go back and forth on Twitter with cricket all the time. And I have to say, I did go to that test match, uh, the final day of the test match, the um, when England knocked off that huge run chase between uh, 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 who was it, Bearstone and Root. So I was thinking of you when uh, when uh, that was taking place. I must say, yeah, it was, it was painful to watch uh, as an Indian fan just to see that happen. I'm glad that they were able to play that final test, but. Uh... It's good. You know, it's funny. I tell people all the time, I like British sports more than I like American sports, I'm pretty sure. Okay, uh, right. Because right now, I mean, all the sports that are that are big in the UK, we talk about cricket, F1, boxing, which Eddie Hearn has done a really good job with Matchroom out there. Yeah. Now he's got some critics out there, but I think he does a good job. And then Formula One, which is making big red road stateside. Uh, it feels like I'm just waking up at whatever British hours are and, and, and watching whatever's going on over there. So it's nice to get to something that's kind of in my time zone for once. And of course, the T Twenty World Cup will soon be taking place in the states, so um, that's something to look forward to for for you guys. And um, Ben is terrific on Twitter. Uh, go follow him if you don't at Ben underscore Baby. Uh, he always replies. He's always willing to in- engage in a sporting debate. So get to it now, Ben. Um, we are. You were talking about time zones and all the rest of it earlier, and of course, we are. You know thousands of miles away five hours ahead uh, of you guys uh difficult to get a handle on what's really happening in training camp uh before i ask you that i want to ask you about training camp fashion because i saw a photograph of you i can't remember who took it uh but man you were looking super duper dapper there you had like tight white t-shirt tucked into your shorts with belt fresh white sneakers and this extraordinary hat i don't think anybody can touch you when it comes to training camp fashion how often do you think about that before leaving the house and entering uh the environs of pbs well the or not paycor now <laughs> i was gonna say it's, it's a new name now it's an it's a new era as we call it paycor stadium i don't know how long it's going to take me to get used to that but no it's funny i think everybody has made fun of me for dressing like i'm about to go play around at golf uh, Ted Karras, the new center, cracked me a little bit as well. He goes, you kind of always have the same fit. And I tell people, I said, listen, if I'm going to be outside for a couple hours in the heat, the only other time you do that is to play golf. And so you're going to dress for the occasion. And and I've got a good Stetson that, that keeps me uh, 
keeps the, the brim covered. And it's funny, I bought that actually the practice on my way up to see uh, that first practice of the 2019 training camp where for Bengals fans, they may remember that's when A.J. Green went down in Dayton and was never to see, be seen again during the 2019 season. But, you know, the hat has carried on through a couple of training camps. If there's any bad mojo attached to it, Bengals fans shouldn't be concerned because I feel like they've done pretty well uh, the last couple of years. So, you know, it, it's something where, you know, to be honest, I think, yeah, I, 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 anyone who's known me anywhere I've been, even in my first job, I think I've always taken a lot of pride in just dressing well and, and being able you just want to feel good and, and feel like you, you're, you're dressed for the part. And, and so it's something I don't, I, you know, I take, at this point, I don't. I put a lot of thought into it because I think I put a lot, of, a lot of thought into it over the last ten years, and it's just it's good to know if it's not something you don't have to think about. You can just think about your job. You don't have to worry about how you're dressed. Uh, I feel like you're in a good spot. I think you win though the fashion stakes hands down. I don't see Paul Daniel or James Rapine or any of those guys wearing what you wear. You look as though forget golf. You look as though you're on your way to a polo game or something like that. It's it's a so we're talking like a serious step up from the normal stuff. So uh, if I had a Stetson on, I would tip it to to you, my friend. Right, let's get to. Um, more fun stuff the training camp. as i say it's difficult for us as fans to get a real handle on what's going yes we see clips yes we see one-handed catches from jamar chase what's really happening out there as we edge very close to the first preseason game tomorrow we're recording this on thursday the 11th um what's been your impression so far overall we'll dig into specifics in a second but overall the atmosphere the team coming back after that incredible season last year what's what's been the atmosphere around the the practice pitch has been like yeah you know i think it's also great use of pitch by the way i thought it's very very good stuff uh you know i, I think you can tell biggest, i'm british by using the word yeah, pitch course, not field. Yeah. <laughs> you know i think the biggest thing for me is looking at the the reaction to you know this year's training camp has been quite something else uh you know it seems like every day there is a big crown at the grounds i feel like i'm using that correctly as well uh you know it, it's just it's it's remarkable i mean yesterday it was wednesday and it was packed i mean it looked like a weekend practice so we were looking around and somebody goes do, do these people not have jobs like what's going on uh there's just so many people who have carved time out of their schedule to come watch the training camp practice which i'll be quite honest that's a, a elite level of fandom because i would not want to go see my team's practice even my beloved gunners if they were in town i probably would not want to see them uh go go through their uh, their their pre-match routines so you know i i think that that's says a lot about how much the Bengals have made an inroads locally in town. I think you're seeing a big reaction, obviously the first time in a couple of years that fans are allowed at the grounds for practice and, and you're seeing a, a big difference. And, uh, you know, you're seeing a lot of ex-players come back. I think that, you know, you saw Pac-Man Jones, Chad Johnson, a.k.a. Ocho Cinco, Frosty Rucker's been around. Uh, there's been a lot of interest in the alums uh, and Zach Taylor talked about that the other day uh, about kind of what that means and, and kind mm -hmm. of it's fun for them to see it. I think all in all, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who have wanted the Bengals to be good for a long time. And now that they are good after especially a bad couple of years, there's a lot of excitement. And I think that bodes well for this team heading into 2022. And, and you see that with all the businesses that now want to get involved with the franchise as well. Mm. Yeah, amazing strides off the field. You said the levels of engagement has really worked, I think. Um, we feel it over here as well, you know. Uh, what about on, on the on the pitch itself? Um, 
who's looking, who's been standing out for you? We've been hearing that the defence started off, like last year actually, by the sounds of it, the defence started off really quite strongly. Uh, so just, let's just cover that side of the ball. Who's been looking good for you? Who's been, uh, who's been kind of, who have you been noticing? Yeah, I think the, the big name is obviously Trey Hendrickson. I think he's looked really, really good. And last year we saw him play pretty well. We were wondering what we were going to get in the, in the regular season. And because of what we saw last year at training camp and then the season, it actually helps us evaluate what we're seeing in camp this year pretty well. You know, last year we wondered, you know, if the defense was really going to be as good as they looked in camp. And turned out they did do pretty well throughout the year, and especially in the postseason. I think Hendrickson's had some really strong performances. Uh, you know, that being said, I thought Jonah Williams had some really good reps yesterday. Looks like he was able to get you know Trey on the ground, which was which is a good sign. I think you know throughout camp, you know, I was asking people, you know, especially on staff, you know, should we be concerned, especially if the offense isn't looking good? And they say, you know, if you get a couple days where you know you know the one side looks predominant, you know, dominant over the other, that's not really a bad thing. Once you get concerned is when you start seeing stretches of prolonged periods of time where one unit is outplaying the other. And the, and so far, that hasn't happened. We've seen the offense kind of round into form. Brandon Allen, I thought, has done a, done well these last couple practices in, in moving the, the offense up and down the field. Talking about a guy who does not get a lot of reps with the ones uh, whenever he is, you know, whenever Joe Burrow is healthy. And so now that he's been able to kind of get into some sort of groove, you know, we're seeing him find some rhythm with the receivers. We've seen Jamar Chase look really good. I thought Joe Mixon has had a good camp, had a touchdown pass yesterday, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, the the standouts. I thought Chidabay Awuzie continues to look really good in that secondary uh, him and Eli Apple, I'm very curious to see how they look. You know, Wuzie has built a lot of hype this offseason. You know, I have one guy on staff tell me he might be one of the most underrated corners in the NFL, and he's definitely playing that way. So, you know, I think there's a lot of things to be excited about if you're, if you're a Bengals fan looking at the starters. For me at training camp, the big guys to watch and the big battle is what's going to happen in that receiver room. And I'm sure this is something we want to touch on, so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. No, go ahead, because we've been hearing, like, Chase is – has actually he looks as though he's taken things on to another level he's improved again which is fantastic to hear but obviously you take that with a pinch of training camp salt right you know it's it's out there on the on in the regular season where it all counts the receiver room is interesting because you've got i think t is back doing one-on-ones is that right and obviously tyler uh we've seen him put down some filthy moves uh on 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 just from the clips so he looks as though he's back to his uh approaching his his best it's it feels a bit the cupboard feels a bit bare after those big three would you agree and and if so who is who is is catching your eye to make a real um claim for that wide receiver room spaces yeah, you know, it, it, like I, like you said, I think with with the top three, you know what you're going to get. You know, Jamar Chase is going to be, you know, one of the best receivers in the NFL. I think T. Higgins also has a lot of wide receiver one capabilities when you look at what he does, just the, his fluidity, what he can do uh, at the top of routes and in one on one contested catches. I mean, very much like AJ Green in that frame, uh, his length and how physical he is at the at the point of attack. I think is a very good thing to see, and he's really good at breaking down defenders as well. And and Tyler Boyd is Tyler. Boyd I think you're gonna you know I think his future is going to be interesting to watch after this year but as long as you get into this year 
Uh, you know, I think that he will be a very good slot receiver for the Bengals. And after that, I, I, you know, guys have shown flashes. We've seen good things out of Stanley Morgan, Mike Thomas. I think that even though those guys don't have a lot of production, uh, you know, I think it's hard to discount them for being on the roster because of what they provide and how much the coaching staff does like them. Uh, Trenton Irwin has looked pretty good at times as well. I think he's a guy who who the staff obviously has been pleased with because he's been around for a couple years and he does provide a lot of good things. So, when you look at how many, I mean, right there, that's six receivers. And are they going to keep seven? That's going to be the big question mark. And who is going to get that seventh spot? And I think there's basically, you know, I think it's going to come down to, you know, those last two, depending on what you want to look at, the back end of that wide receiver room. Talking about Trent Irwin, Trent Taylor, and then Kwame Lasser, the undrafted free agent out of Kansas, who has gotten a lot of buzz, has worked in, worked with the ones and OTAs, has looked good in training camp as well. I think he, he did a really good job creating separation the other day in a route against Jalen Davis. Uh, he's a guy who's looking as a, you know, getting some looks as a punt returner and him and Kendrick Pryor, both another guy has looked really good. You know, these preseason games are going to be huge for their evaluation. We saw in 2019 when Damian Willis was able to secure a, a, a you know, starting spot in week one. I don't think that would happen now. Uh, I, I think that, you know, going back differently, I think the, the staff would probably do things a little bit different uh, but, you know, we saw how much an evaluation matters on, on based on what happens in the preseason games. And I think for these guys like like Kwame Laster, like Kendrick Pryor, you know, like a, like a Jack Sorensen, you want to see what they're able to do in games. And that will definitely weigh into the va- evaluation. And, you know, if Kwame can get some meaningful reps as a punt returner, you know, that was that going to push Trent Taylor to the practice squad? And I think that's going to be really fascinating to watch because, you know, if you're the Bengals, is there more of a value on rostering Kwame Laster and taking your risk with Trent Taylor, even though he was a solid punt returner, he was a guy who was on your practice squad the entire year. Nobody really came after him. And, and is that, is there going to be value on both sides for him to stay, you know, on, on that roster spot as, as a practice squad guy. So I think there's going to be a lot of things to watch, even though we're not going to get a lot of the starters, we're going to get some good looks at who is going to, you know, maybe make a claim at staying on the roster in that wide receiver room. Um, another room or unit that people are going to be very interesting in, interested in is the offensive line, quite naturally. Some big signings. They seem to have addressed the problems, certainly on paper, that they uh, had last year. Uh, they've been stymied a little bit by injury, uh, niggly injuries. I think Alex Cap is back. Is that right? And I think Lael is is also back, cleared today or at least yesterday. Um, so difficult to kind of gauge it at this time, I would imagine. But, you know, Karras has been out there and, again, been hearing good reports. What's your impressions of the line so far? Also a good use of niggle, which is something we do not use over here. It's uh, something I had to get used to when I started first keeping up with cricket. I said, what, what exactly are they talking about? Uh, so, yes, that's uh, that's nicked up for for the for those of you listening stateside. Uh, you know, it's, so Alex is actually, I believe it was a core injury that he suffered during OTAs and, and Lyle, it was the back. And, and you kind of touched on it. One of the things that, you know, I think that people do want to see is, is, is can this offensive line be better? And no matter what you hear from folks inside the building, uh, that offensive line was not good last year, especially in the postseason. They just kind of wore down. 
And, you know, I thought that they looked, you know, serviceable in the regular season, but when the postseason came and you just got week after week of really good defensive lines, they just were not able to hold up. And so that's why they went out and spent the money they did. You know, I, you were ne- we haven't got a good look at what that unit looks like together uh, because Lyle is not working with team. You know, Alex Kappa still is limited to a certain degree. So Ted Karras has been the only guy you've really gotten a look at. And it may be, you know, until later into training camp till we see how this offensive line looks. And, you know, Zach Taylor, I asked him yesterday, he wasn't concerned about the synergy that or the lack of synergy those guys have been able to have because of the limited reps together. Uh, He feels like that's something they'll be able to get. He noted that all these guys are veterans and they kind of have an understanding of of what it takes to play those specific positions in the NFL. So. You know, we'll see what happens. I think with Lyle Collins, it's good to see him back. There are questions about his availability to the point where his previous owner, Jerry Jones in Dallas, kind of ripped him to a degree, you know, in the opening remarks of training camp. And and that was kind of the context coming into the season. So, you know, I think having him back and, and having him available is very good, especially after he he injured his back uh, away from the team and, and missed a good, good amount of training camp. So, yeah. you know, this unit has to be better. I think that goes without saying. And, you know, if you're, you know, somebody like an Akeem Adeniji, a Cordell Volson, and Isaiah Prince, you can't really rest either because if one of those guys does go down, uh, you're going to need to be called to step in pretty quickly. And then, you you know, and the likelihood is, is, you know, ideally, you know, you're going to need that depth because not often do you get your all your offensive linemen healthy throughout the course of a regular season, your entire first team healthy for that matter. And if you want to be a championship team, you have to have championship depth because, you know, the Bengals aren't going to be as lucky as they were in 2021 with the lack of injuries. Um, let's wrap this up, Ben. I know that uh, it's a busy, busy time for you at the moment and uh, it's so cool to talk to you as ever again. But give us some surprise names that you've spotted out on on, on the uh, uh, the pitch there and training camp and, and kind of who's, who's staking some real claims that... Um, that might be just flying under the radar a little bit. You can include some rookies that have taken that have caught your eye, if you like, as well. Yeah, I know that there's been a lot of chatter around around the rest of the scribes about what rookies Zach Carter and Jeff Gunner have looked like. You know, Zach is a, a de- the third round pick, the defensive tackle out of Florida. Jeff Gunner, the seventh round pick out of Coastal Carolina. I think both guys uh, great length. When you see, you can kind of see the profile of what they want on the defensive line. And, and both of those guys have had really good showings. Uh, and, and I think the rest of the beat has been really impressed with them. They've, that's somebody that the other writers have really talked about a lot as they've watched defensive line drills. But, you know, I, I've, I've really watched the offense. That's kind of what been kind of where I've spent a lot of time watching, you know, how those receivers have been looking, especially when you talk about the depth on that side. And I'll tell you what, I really want to see how Kendrick Pryor looks. He's a guy who looks really fluid, has impressed other receivers, has impressed the coaching staff, and I think, you know, is someone that may not get a roster spot because of how tight things are. But I wouldn't be shocked if Kendrick Pryor looks really good in the preseason. When when he's been able to what he's been able to do when his number's been called upon, you know, in these drills, he has looked really, really impressive. Well, is is he a speedster? Is he a technician? Is he because I think he's only five. Well, I say only. <laughs> uh, I'm five seven. So what do I know? Um, you know, kind of five eleven. So he's not this big, huge guy. So what 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 does he look like um, in drills in terms of his his pro his athletic profile? I guess. Yeah, I think he's a guy who looks really fluid when he's running his routes. He looks really clean 
in and out of breaks. And as he's gotten, you know, more acclimated with the system, you know, and, and he's definitely popped more now than he did in OTAs. And, and, you know, he's been really reliable when the ball has come his way. I think the only exception has been, a, a you know, a crossing route when a ball was a really hot, uh, like way too hot coming out of the hands. I believe I think it was Jake Browning who was throwing it to him. So, you know, other than that, I think that he's looked very good. Uh, he's been able to get separation. He's been able to, you know, like I said, when he's coming out of his release, it looks really smooth. And those are the kind of receivers you want. And, and I, I wouldn't be shocked, like I said, if he does really well. Now, the problem he's going to have is that that wide receiver room is so good and so deep that there may not be a roster spot for him. But I think, you know, if he plays really well, he's going to be a lock to be a practice squad guy. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets called up, you know, a couple of times throughout the regular season as well. So, you know, it's one of the issues with this team is that, you know, in some of these spots, you know, I think the Bengals might have a tough time too, keeping them on the practice squad. If we plays pretty well in the preseason, because I'm sure that's a guy they want to keep, but other teams may say, why not come over here when we might have a 53 man spot for you. And the Bengals, you know, pride themselves on having that depth, at wide receiver. So that may be a, a problem the Bengals, uh, you know, that they may have moving forward, but definitely a guy to watch as we go through these preseason games. Cool. Well, thank you for your insight, Ben. Uh, I think it's primed us nicely who to look out for in these preseason games. And uh, obviously uh, the regular season is just around the corner, which is exciting and uh, uh, maybe daunting a little bit as well, because we're in it until hopefully Early February, mid-February yet again, but we'll see. Ben, always a pleasure, mate. Thank you so much. Have a great season. We'll catch up with you down the line. Yep, sounds good. Thank you as always for having me. There you go. That was the fantastic Ben Baby. And as Nathan mentioned, and as I mentioned during that little chat, um, it is worth going online on the Twitters to see Ben's training camp outfit. It... <laughs> He really does look like a, a southern gentleman uh, about to go to a polo match or something like that. I don't know. He looks very cool and very stylish indeed, and he's a lovely a man. A bit of peacocking there from Ben, a bit of peacocking. Slight peacocking, I think, because no one else, as I mentioned in the piece, you know, you, with all due respect to Jay and Paul and James Rapine and uh, Mike Petrelia and all the other beat writers down there, I bet they don't dress as Natalie, Cincinnati, <laughs> as... Uh, as Ben Baby there. But uh, anyway, good to hear from Ben again. It's always a pleasure. He really is genuinely a lovely guy. I mean, as they all are, they're all great, but um, Ben's uh, Ben's a lovely guy. Two, um, he did mention the wide receiver room and those two guys at the back end, the two undrafted free agents, Pryor and Lassiter. And uh, he thinks they've got a chance. They've got a chance. Both, look, both have been looking really, really good. And I think that, you know... Seven wide receivers. I think there's a chance that one of them might make it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we do need a bit of depth at the receiver position, don't we? We've talked in the past about the top three guys being absolutely elite and probably the best three receivers um, in the league in terms of like the depth that we've got there. But behind them, it's a bit lacking. And if we if there are any guys that can take advantage of the preseason, really sort of show up and um, put a few plays on tape, then I think they do have a chance at um, getting onto the roster. And we need that. You know, you need some of these guys that you do draft in the late rounds or that are undrafted to really put their put their name out there and make the team and you know find a diamond in the rough because that could be the difference between you know a good and great draft so good luck to the lads out there have a good pre-season and turn some heads yeah absolutely uh, just a matter of interest what would you be wearing at training camp what would be nathan palmer's uh 
training camp uniform? I think it would be. I mean, it's hot in Cincinnati at the moment, isn't it? So I think yeah. I'd go. I'd go for a maybe a, maybe a pair of like boat shoes or some sort of like smart trainers, no yeah. socks, trying you know, or the, or the yeah. sort of hidden socks. I go short pair of shorts. I think you know, not too short, but like not not Love Island short, but like <laughs> you know, sort of like somewhere in between them and a pair of cargo shorts. And uh, maybe maybe if I'm competing with Ben, I go red shorts. You okay. know, go like, a red pair of shorts. Maybe like a linen sort of shirt, striped shirt. One of your, um, one of your bow ties, perhaps. Right, I don't know. That might be questions might be asked if I got that on in the summer. <laughs> um, Ben's going with a hat and he, so I can't. Yeah, yeah. I, even I do like a good hat. I'm, my my head is a bit big for hats. You know, they don't suit me very well. So I, I'm going to leave the hat. Nice pair of shades. Uh, maybe unbutton a button or two, show off the chest hair, just try and sort of get that out there. Yeah. But I don't know if I don't know if that can compete with Ben though. You know, yeah, um, yeah. it's a solid effort, but I don't know if it can. If it can ruffle his feathers, his peacock feathers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. I think I'd wear a fridge. I think I'd just get a fridge, a human-sized fridge, cut a hole in the top for a head and just stand in that <laughs> fridge and my head sticking out because it is super-duper hot in Cincinnati. I think the guys who uh, interviewed uh, Chase and Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins did say, and I quote... It's as hot as a motherfucker out there. So that I mean, these are guys who are used to the heat and training in 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 summer months. And even those were they were saying it's 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 furnace like out well, there. Well, especially with like pads on and all the gear they've got to wear. Yes, do you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's going to seriously add some to um, you know some some degrees to the to the situation as well. I mean, I was hot enough yesterday at the hairdressers with a gown round me, let alone <laughs> <laughs> having some shoulder pads and helmet on. Maybe that you should try that next time you go to the hairdressers. In fact, the next heat wave, I think I set you a challenge. You've got to wear a pair of NFL pads and a helmet and walk around the town for a day. Uh, I'm going to do that at some point. I think the old Bill might be called if they saw me doing that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, let's get to our correspondence. We are, of course, at today underscore UK. And uh, to kick things up, uh, it's Tyler Maynarding at Tyler Maynarding. And, of course, Tyler produces the brilliant uh, Bengals group therapy videos during the regular season. Can't wait to see. I know he's done a few during the off-season, but I can't wait to see them during the actual season. And Tyler says, I'm pretty... Uh, pre- I've, I put it out there this afternoon. Who are you most looking forward to seeing and why? Um, pretty much any UDFA, Tyler says. Delonte Hood and Kwame Lasseter will be the two I'm looking at specifically. And then also Scotty Washington, who is transitioning from a wide receiver to tight end. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, actually. Uh, He's certainly beefed up. um, But I wonder if he has got... I know Drew Sample's injured at the moment, so there might be a bit of an opportunity for Mitchell Wilcox. And, uh, of course, Hayden Hurst is another guy that we spoke about last week and is having a good camp, by all accounts. Um, So... Maybe there is a spot in pre-season to see uh, Scotty Washington. Jamie at Trequart Beaster, sadly at a wedding, so will face a choice of avoiding the game or drawing my partner's ire by watching it in the room. I want to see what rotation players like Osai and Carter can do. Also want to see if this is the year uh, Chrisman becomes the guy at punter. Uh, Peter Daswell at Dadders, looking, looking forward to seeing football. Looking uh, looking forward to seeing Dax Hill, K. 
Carter, Gunter and Anderson especially. Uh, Man Abelhosen at Man Abelhosen. Excited about our backup offensive linemen. Many of these backups started in the Super Bowl last year. In theory, they should stand out against the Cardinals' backup. I mean, he's right, and that's one thing that we've got to remember. They, the likes of Isaiah Prince, the likes of Energy, the likes of Deontay Smith, you know, they did get, uh, certainly yeah. the, the, the first two I mentioned, got a hell of a lot of starting experience. So um, one of those guys might actually come on. They might kind of... Exactly. You know, yeah, have improved yeah, yeah. and and thought, hold on a minute, I was starting last year. I fancy another yeah. piece of this. So That's yeah, man is is right. And no one's really, yeah, it's a great point. And no one's really talked about that recently because obviously everyone's so excited by our sort of new shiny toys at the offensive line position. But if one of these young lads could really take a step forward, have a great camp, really put it on tape in the preseason, there's no reason why you know if one of those guys goes down in the regular season or you know regardless, they could push them for the position. So. They all came with um, fairly high potential, some of them showing flashes. So it's a great point. And up against some backup linemen, like uh, Man says, hopefully they can they can show some sparks. Yeah, absolutely. Dave Wegamo at Wegamorot. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching the pass rush. Osai, Gunther, Zach, Hubert, etc. Would love to see last year's draft crush Tyler Shelvin kill it as well. I think we've spoken about that. Um, that's going to be fun. I mean, I, I think from what I read and heard that they were disappointed in Shelvin's attitude and uh, real commitment last year. But he certainly, especially in that Titans game in the divisional round, he made a few, well, one particular key, key stop. And, you know, I think he's got it in him. It's just, you know, whether he knuckles down and really applies himself, really. Um, Troy Snyder at Troy underscore Snyder. Uh, I'm oddly interested in the punter competition. Uh, I don't think you're the only one there, Troy Snyder. Matt Gibbs at Wakey Ram. Uh, Brandon in it. That that Burrow bloke is so 2021. Now, uh, Brandon Allen, like you said, he's been having a decent camp by all accounts and getting better each day. And uh, Ben Baby said that as well. And... Uh, it will be interesting to see uh, um, uh, Brandon Allen in action. Uh, who's the other guy? Is it Drew Plitt? Is that his name? Yeah. So no doubt Drew's going to get a few snapperoos during this preseason because Burrow's not going to play. Uh, I'd be surprised if Burrow gets any snaps during the preseason, to be honest with you. But you know, we'll see. Strange things have happened. Um. Okay, Adam S at Earl of Norks. W-H-U. Solid handle. Earl of Norks. Well, there we go, Adam. Um, First solid handle for a while, that. That's right. Earl of Norks, W-H-U. Well, then. I then asked uh, Adam. Cordell Volson was hoping he would have a good practice. He seems to tick quite a lot of boxes. Heard Dave Lapham interview him on his podcast, and his attitude and work ethic seems top-notch. Uh, Dax Hill, hopefully, will be a top player. I can't wait to see. I mean... Everyone's going to have eyes on Dax Hill, aren't they? I mean, you know, with the the current Jesse Bates situation, hopefully he'll be back in a couple of weeks, but you never know. But certainly uh, Dax is the man back there, and it was going to be really interesting to see how he adapts and uh, integrates into into the team. Alan Lewis at Alan66Alan. 
<laughs> to see shocking handle. Does, sorry, Alan. I mean, first time caller. Be nice to him, Nathan. Blimey. Uh, uh, to see how backup O line performs, uh, strength and depth needed to protect JB. Absolutely. And just as we were saying, it'd be really interested to see if one, one or two or three of the likes of Deontay Smith, uh, Trey Hill, Hakeem Adenergy, Lamont Gaylard. I'm just going through the whole back of the roster when it comes to the offensive line. But it'd be really interesting to see any of those guys have taken a step. Um, you know, they're not going to displace Karras or Kappa or certainly Leo Collins or Jonah Williams. Um, but, you know, you never know, do you really? You never know. Um, you never know, my son. Exactly. Elliot Luke at Elliot Luke 19, final message. Really excited for the Chrisman versus Huber and Harris versus Adomitis. Uh, battles sounds like it's been a hell of a camp battle. Yep, Adomitis as well. He's he's after another veterans uh, uh, place this year. Uh, is this the year that old Hubes and Harris uh, finally get knocked off their perches? I don't know. It's a ruthless game, isn't it? This NFL. Uh, we will see. So the Cardinals uh, game. Uh, kicks off in the UK at 12.30am on Saturday morning and uh, you'll get uh, the likes of Anthony Munoz in the in the booth and I believe our, our pal Marissa Contapelli is doing the sideline stuff so uh, good luck to her I uh, hope she has a great uh, pre-season on, down on uh, pitch side um, so uh, that's going to be fun, football is back uh, and then of course we have the Giants on Monday the 22nd, uh, the Rams on the 27th, and then two weeks later on the 11th of September, off we go again. Can't wait. It should be fantastic. But yeah, but, uh, before we go, we missed out some mega big news. Uh, it's no longer called Paul Brown Stadium, is it? <laughs> No, I mean it's big news, isn't it? I mean it's, I mean that's a, a big old change. I think a lot of us knew it was coming, and I mean a lot of the stadiums around the NFL now are sort of going that way. You've seen it in English football and stuff like that. And I think, I think it, I think most fans, as much as they're sad, and it's lovely to, you know, have Paul Brown's name on the stadium and with Mike Brown, the owner, and really sort of keeping that legacy alive, but. It's when you're talking about. We had a really good conversation last week about the money that's in the NFL now, some of these crazy guarantee contracts, and the money that you need as you know, aside to even be able to sort of consider some of these huge numbers with people like Joe Boy's contract coming up, Jamar Chase, all the rest of them. So you can understand the you know the where the Bengals are going, and they've always been people in the past saying with the Bengals, well, you know, they're stubborn, they're this, they're that, they're old-fashioned, and. Um, you can see with the the stadium, not only the name of it, but the fact they're renovating it now, and there's a lot of big things happening there, new digital balls, seating areas, standing areas, all of that. It looks like a really exciting plans that are going to happen to the stadium. Um, nice as well that Paycor is a Cincinnati-based sort of company as well, um, and it's not one of these like sports gambling companies. I, you know, I, I'm not sure any of us would be that happy if it's called Betfred Stadium no, um, no. or something Cause, a bit more. Because Betfred has yeah. sponsored... I think they're going to they're going to do a sports betting suite to the stadium, aren't yeah. they? And Betfred yeah. are are sponsoring that, so they they've really kind of you know uh, 
engage with this whole idea of we need to up our revenue quite considerably. Yeah, yeah. So we've got to come up with ways, um, you know, that add value to fans, but also get sponsors in. Now, yeah, they obviously want to make hay as well because, again, as I mentioned earlier, everyone's everyone wants a piece of the Bengals at the moment. They're fashionable. Yeah, they're yeah, yeah, well liked. Yeah. They're a popular, young, exciting team yes, who've just yes. just gone to the Super Bowl. They've got star quality, kind of you know, glistening throughout their team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they've got it's a, it's... they've got excellent podcasts with two expert <laughs> broadcasters like us doing. Uh, international uh, broadcasters internationally known and <laughs> almost award-winning <laughs> broadcasters like us do so you know what i mean there's a lot to like there's a lot to sell this franchise yeah. on the back it, it, so it's been it's interesting a, to see it's a great time for the bengals to cash in on these opportunities as well because if you were trying to cash in on this two years ago before joe boy was drafted and that year and you turn around to some companies and said right who wants to sponsor the sort of two win cincinnati bengals i mean yeah. you're not gonna have too many people lining up and the revenue is not going to be as high and they just wouldn't have that pizzazz and feel to it not a lot of brands would necessarily want to align with the bengals but you look at now you've got Joe Boy, who I would honestly argue objectively around the league is one of the hottest property quarterbacks, not just in terms of talent, but he's well liked. You know, he's one of those people that I think a lot of other teams and fans respect. He's not, yeah. you know, a sort of bad guy. And he's on, he's young, he's got a lot of future with the Bengals. So if he's playing for us and he's playing and he's playing well and he's playing at the standard we know, the Bengals that you'd imagine are going to be a competitor for a long time. So if you're Paycor, you know, you hope that your name is going to be sort of stuck alongside that and it's going to be hosting playoff games and it's going to be getting the attention and the cameras on it that that their investment will deserve. So I think it's a good time for the Bengals to do it. And as you said, they've got to play play ball. The rest of the league are doing yeah, there's a lot of revenue streams out there to be had now. And as much as it's sad, I mean, you know, in an ideal world, don't get me wrong, I'd much rather retain the name Paul Brown Stadium. It's fantastic. It's the history of the Cincinnati Bengals, the legacy of the Bengals, you know, rather than a than a HR software company um, being slapped over over it. You know, that's not great. But I guess it's one of those things that people understand. They're aware that, you know, change does have to happen sometimes. And I think most fans from reading the comments when it was announced kind of get it. You know, I don't think there was too many people yeah, there. I, like, I what think, are they doing? Yeah, and... my personal feeling is that I hate all... I mean, Rich Eisen came out and kind of said, oh, a couple of weeks ago, or oh, a month or so ago, actually, before all this was announced, and kind of said, oh, you know, the Bengals, uh, you, know, they, they're, you know, they haven't even got, like, naming rights for their stadium, as if that was a bad thing. I take it as a bit of a badge of honour that... We were, we, you know, we were, did retain the Paul Brown Stadium moniker. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. But I understand this. I do understand it. It's it's terribly corporate, and Paycor does sound like a, I don't know, some sort of computer villain company from a nineteen eighties thriller. Do you know what I mean? Um, James Bond doing battle with Paycor. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. But I do, I do understand. I do understand it. And again, you have to take your hat. I mean, the amount of change this club has gone on, gone through in the past two years, and the speed at which it has adopted new ideas, is 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 actually quite remarkable. I think so. Hats off to all the commercial partners and marketing teams uh, at the Bengals who who make this this happen. Um, 16-year deal as well. I mean, well, that's not a yeah, deal, that, is it? <laughs> that's actually longer than the lease of the stadium, which is kind of quite interesting because that's up for debate with Hamilton County in a, 
in a couple of years, I think. Um, yeah. So that says to me that the Bengals are staying, really. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, well, I hope so. So we will be back on Monday for a bit of reaction and uh, to go over uh, what happened on Friday night. Uh, but until then, it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.